pancakes. Pancakes! No pancakes! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. Hope y'all are doing well. My name is Kevin, a.k.a. Bucky, here with... Oh, you got Diamond, Jason. I don't like to say my first name, but we'll go with it, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's the Midnight Terrors podcast! All right. Well, Jason, we're back. Uh, We've, I feel like we've... uh... We've been doing a lot of episodes recently, uh, both the regular Sunday and some extra ones. We had the horror soundtrack episode with the first, Makai and Laura. Much love to those two. That episode was fun, as was the Stephen Cognetti interview with our returning guests tonight, Mr. and Mrs. J. Hello. Hello. Oh, and how do we love them? Let oh. me meet the ways. Please we, tell us. Yeah, we love them help. so. <laughs> well, Jason, the podcast you, can just be about us. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jason, you you, you you wanted me to really count space. <laughs> you opened that can of worms, so it's on you now, buddy. I did. Mr. J is a big mofo. Whenever he hugs me, it makes uh, me feel safe inside. Ooh, and uh, then, and then every time I see Mrs. J, she mm. makes me laugh more than I can imagine. And it makes fun of me and Mr. J for being too close. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say the silence says that they're expecting more ways from you, man. I'm like, we were supposed to be talking about more stuff, right? Yeah, we got an hour to an hour and a half to fill up here, man. Keep it going. (laughs) We don't have to talk about horror. Well, um, um, me and Mr. J do, <laughs> me and Mr. J do love to rub beards. That's often, true. That's true. Quite often. Um, and then so do me and Mrs. J. We like to love rub beards. Rub beards. We like to. Lo- <laughs> no, you, he tripped up. He tripped over his words and said, "We like to love beards." <laughs> love beards. Oh, that's right. No, but we like to rub beards too. Okay. But no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Mrs. J is legit, and Can I love her. About this is weird. Getting weird or something earlier. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is just well, getting a little bit weird. Well, when me and Mr. J get together, it always gets weird. So. <laughs> All righty. Well, now that now that now that everybody is awkwardly sitting here, uh, everybody again, welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. Welcome back, Mr. and Mrs. J. We had such a blast talking with Stephen Cognetti, the writer and director of Hell House LLC, with you, yes. and uh, we were so glad to get you back on for an actual movie discussion and mr j this is like historic you i was thinking about this you have never been on an episode that was strictly talking about one movie <laughs> no no i haven't and it's funny you mentioned mr cognetti we, we were actually speaking today or rather texting today oh that's awesome dude yeah he had a blast on the show and oh that's yeah, so cool very very good stuff i'm happy to be here yeah man steven steven's a great guy i definitely Consider it a huge honor that we had him on, and uh, I look forward to having him on again sometime soon. And Mrs. J, it was so much fun talking with you, so I'm glad that you thought we were cool enough to come back. Absolutely. I had a good time. Yeah. Awesome. 
Well, we're we're talking about a movie tonight that I think I can go out on the ledge and say all four of us love to pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, nice and bloody uh, chopped up pieces uh, based upon the movie. Uh, yeah. but we're we're talking about Cabin Fever, the original from Eli Roth from uh, what? Oh, two or oh, three. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Oh, two. Okay, I thought it was O2 as well, but Amazon O2. Prime said O2. I'm, okay, I'm looking Amazon... at IMDb right now. Awesome, because <laughs> Amazon Prime said O3 for some reason. Because uh, they a liar. Because they lie. <laughs> but, the truth uh, ain't in you. <laughs> but uh, I think you know. Again, I think I can confidently say we all love this movie, and we're excited to talk about it. Um, so I want to start how we usually start with a with a movie pick for a movie that's considered something of a classic at this point. So I want to throw it to Mr. and Mrs. J. When was the first time that you both saw Cabin Fever? I came across Cabin Fever in a very interesting way. We got promo like miniature DVDs to promote the movie. And so I remember taking that home and putting just putting it on and seeing this um, really interesting, what was set up to be at least what, what I received as a very straightforward, but very scary, very good horror movie. And so when I actually watched it, I don't think I was ready for the amount of comedy that would be in it mm-hmm. alongside the, 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 still fairly deeply unsettling parts. And I, I kind of had forgotten how good it was until I watched it again last night. And I mean, Ryder Strong, if memory serves, this is his first um, big commercial vehicle outside of his stint on um, a little known show now known as Boy Meets (laughs) World. Um, And I feel like, they kind of knew the viewer would probably identify with him the most because he was the more like iconic person and man being in the woods with some people that you uh, at least what what i felt was somebody being on this trip with people that um, he may not have chosen to all be there um, and I just remember feeling so uncomfortable being like, these, these people are going to get him killed. These people are going to get like, they are not going to make wise choices. And so you see him over and over again, get kind of stuck with trying to make the best decision. And, and eventually more often than not, like, what is, what is the least worst decision? Cause they're all bad. And so what's the least worst one? And so that mixed with the humor was it was it was a very interesting mix for me. Um, and I don't I don't think I had um, a compartment for it at that time. So I it was a challenge to kind of receive it, if for lack of a better word. Sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and I guess just for <clears throat> context for anyone uh, not watching, but anyone listening that has not seen cabin fever um that's essentially what the yeah (laughs) no worries uh that's essentially what the plot line is is uh is a bunch of friends go out into a cabin that's not a spoiler because it's in the title uh they go out into a cabin and encounter 
uh, basically a, a flesh-eating virus, um, and things just go horribly wrong for them, as you can imagine. Um, and that's our that's our movie, and we're going to get into specifics. But uh, Mrs. J, what was your first experience with this? Um, yeah, I honestly, my memory's kind of bad. I'm, I'm forgetting even when we watched it, but I'm thinking we watched it together. But I think I had a similar... I guess experience like it it was weird that there were parts that were funny and then parts that were truly kind of scary um I don't know and then rewatching it last night what's kind of funny is I didn't love it as much last night as I did the first time I watched it so I feel like I'm kind of an oddball here going yeah it was okay last night I don't know like I can see that yeah I didn't I don't know that I loved watching it now but but that there was something about that first time watching it that it, it had a I guess a greater effect on yeah, it's uh it's it's an interesting one. Um and I'm I'm very interested to see what your perspective on it is now and what the specifics are um mm-hmm. with your stance on it. Uh but before we do that, uh we'll go to myself and Jason. Jason, you want to start? When did you first see Cabin Fever? The first time I saw Cabin Fever, um uh it actually scared me. Mhm. I I thought it was really scary. Now, of course, the funny moments were funny. Um, there were a lot of really good moments in there that cracked me up. And Eli Roth likes to do that. Yeah. Um, he, he likes to make his things funny, but still disturbing at the same time. Um, so he's good. I, yeah, he, he's very good at it. Um, and, uh, so the first time that I saw it, there were, you know, parts that I laughed at that I thought were funny. And, but overall, I thought the movie was pretty scary and it was something different because it wasn't like you had some slasher coming after you. It wasn't like Michael Myers. It wasn't uh you know the scream guy or like anything like that um or even anything like a like supernatural like an alien coming to kill you or whatever um but it was just like people getting sick um and what happens when people start turning on each other and part of the reason that I like this movie so much is that it reminded me a lot of the thing because it's it's not the same it's not the same thing <laughs> pun intended it, pun yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like you don't know who to or not that you don't know who to trust but <clears throat> nobody wants to trust each other because they don't want anyone else to get them sick. Even if you are friends or your family or whatever, which is just a group of kids trying to hang out and have like a cool, you know, little vacation or whatever. Just party, party, man. Yeah, just party, man. (laughs) Have yourself a 40 and just party. (laughs) Yeah, just party. Um, but yeah, like they they don't trust each other, like uh, and so it 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 is a whole movie about people 
turning on each other, um, which is really cool, which which I liked. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, this uh, this movie is super unsettling. Um, mm -hmm. I literally wrapped up watching it uh, like 60 seconds before I hit uh, begin call. And uh, this I still love this movie. I, I saw it for the first time in 2012. Uh, with some friends of mine at the time, and I have a very a very funny memory from that night. Uh, we were like, me and two of my friends were like, all right, let's get together. We'll come over to my house and we'll have some like just a bunch of finger foods from the oven, like you know the the way you do cheap food, pizza rolls and taquitos mm -hmm. and stuff like that. <laughs> and we're That's like, we're gonna nice. have a we're gonna have a movie night and we're gonna watch Cabin Fever. And Blockbuster was still around, so we went to Blockbuster and rented Cabin Fever, and. Uh, that was the first time I saw it, but right before we were about to watch it or like maybe in the middle of watching it, I got up to go put something in the oven, uh, one of the snacks, and I grabbed the cooking sheet in our in our house. The it's the typical like microwaves up top, but just below that is the stove and then just below that is the oven and then the drawer. Fancy. <laughs> and <laughs> I opened the drawer at the bottom to grab a cooking sheet and was going to put something in the oven. And I forgot that I had opened the microwave above my head. So mm -hmm. I left the door open and I stood up real fast with the cooking sheet and I hit the, the top of my head on the door. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ended up wondering if I needed to go to the hospital for a concussion or something and yes. threw the cooking sheet and hit the wall out of <laughs> out of pain. So and then I was like, Let, but let's go watch Cabin Fever. It's okay. <laughs> the pizza rolls. Yeah, I think it was probably mozzarella sticks, actually. Oh, you are fancy. <laughs> Just coming on this show to brag about how good your life is. <laughs> You're here talking about Totino's pizza rolls. We dude, got just, some off-brand thing from the gas station. Dude, I just I just talked about how I hit my head on the microwave door. Yeah, you're just doing that to like humanize no, yourself a little bit. No. You had like mozzarella sticks, man. I mean, you that were born make... with a silver mozzarella That's... stick in your mouth. <laughs> that did make me feel better having mozzarella sticks to look forward to. They always do, man. They Don't always they, do. Ma, the world needs more mozzarella sticks. Yeah. But, um, Don't they always make you feel better. <laughs> they do. They do. But um, no, so that was that was just a weird memory that's always tied to watching this. But I loved this movie from the first time I saw it. I think it is. Um, I was just looking at Eli Roth's uh, Wikipedia page, and it says he's known for splatter films, uh, which is very very accurate with this movie uh this movie's super gross <laughs> yeah and uh but it's again yeah, it it's, it's the comedy catches you off guard and it's hard mm -hmm. to it's hard to label this as a horror comedy though like yeah. yeah you know like me and jason brought up this movie when we when we did an episode on tucker and dale versus evil mm -hmm. and like tucker and dale and you can back me up jason um tucker and dale is like a straight comedy mixed with some horror but this one's like almost the other way around where it's like more of a straight horror movie but just with funny scenes in it yeah i was i was gonna say that like tucker and dale is um hilarious and it's it's a great comedy film um and any of our listeners that have not seen tucker and dale Man. please lord Go watch Tucker and Dale. It will like, bless your heart. It, it is such it a good will, movie. It will bless your heart, and it 
it is such a good film. Um, and even uh, the beginning of uh, the beginning of this movie reminds me a lot of Tucker and Dale. Oh, for uh, sure. With mm-hmm. them going, which it's it's not a new thing. Like nope. you know, uh, you know, anytime you go to a side of the road gas station, uh, you know, it's it, it's all the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I. So it's, it's not a new thing, but no, it's a trope for a reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but when they stop there and uh, yeah, with the with the pancakes thing, and then <laughs> and, and, and and what's what's the deal with the kung fu move? Oh, uh, we're gonna get. Trust me, when we when <laughs> well, we walk through this, we'll get we're there. Gonna, we're gonna get yeah, into we'll it. Yeah, we'll get there. But oh, but. This this movie also made uh, Mr. J. If you recall, this movie also made a verbal appearance on our first episode with ZC Kroll, where we talked about Pumpkinhead. I do remember, and uh, I got a lot of Pumpkinhead vibes off of watching this. Uh, now having that. having revisited uh, Pumpkinhead because I infamous me infamously mm-hmm. made that mm-hmm. joke uh where we were talking about the one kid in pumpkin head mm-hmm. being left on the the porch of the store to tend to the store yep. and, oh and, yeah and yeah. I he said did a better one... job he was younger but he did a way better <laughs> yeah, job yeah he did dennis. and i said the i said the only thing missing from that scene is you don't sit next to dennis Oh. <laughs> and uh, Mr. J gave me a very gracious laugh for that. So I thank you for that all these that months later. It was a worthy effort, baby. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but uh, so let's dive into Cabin Fever. Um, yeah. So these, uh, I mean, right out of the gate, these these credits uh, of the movie with like this uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. J, I know you guys just watched this. What does this look like to you? This looks like a like a white cloth or something that's slowly being stained with blood. I did think it was very interesting credit and it set the mood much more serious. Yeah. Yeah. Which was in line with what I was expecting from the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. And like you got just the sound of the flies like buzzing around and slowly blood seeps into the to the sheet that we're looking at. And then we get the title card. Um, and then we meet the the hermit, uh, Henry, and he realizes that his his dog has succumbed to this uh this virus uh which is super disturbing. Yeah, for sure. Very very disturbing. Yeah, duh. We've touched on that dog stuff, uh animal stuff in general in horror movies does not do it for me. Nope. Uh but it I mean it sets the tone for for this uh you know the the what this virus is going to be and right out of the gate can we I mean we can just compliment the practical effects right now. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Like, even the ones that were cheesy were good. Like mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, but I, and I'll tell you this too. I don't know if you remember, they never hid what the movie was about. Mm-mm. It okay, was never I was, like, what I was, was going to, I was going to ask you how it was marketed actually. Yeah. It was marketed as a flesh eating mm-hmm. deal. And so you're watching it just through the credits going, Oh geez. Like some, I, you, you know, what's coming. You don't know how it's coming. Um, and of course, I think that was the era when we were just, and we were, we were pretty young. So we were just finding out like stuff like that existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't like just made up. Cause you have to remember this is 2002. So yeah. the internet was not like full on where it is now at all. So 
you know, people can be listening to this and going, how'd you not know this? Like, man, listen, if it wasn't in your science book, if your teacher didn't tell you, you know, it, it, it was pretty much word of mouth after that. Well, and yeah. something like a flesh eating disease was not as common. So you either thought the movie was like not real or then when you found out, oh, flesh eating disease is a real thing, then it made the movie scarier. Yep. So I don't know. You had that too. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that was cool about it was at this point, we were so used to seeing scary movies that were, um, you know, uh, slasher movies or, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, all this stuff, but you didn't see something that was scary that right. kind of didn't make sense. Yeah. So yes. you see this scary movie or this movie and there's no like killer. Mm-hmm. No. There's right. no, there's, Nobody coming to cut you with a knife. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, nobody, you know, stalking you or whatever. You can't it's fight just... against it. No. Yeah. You don't yeah. even know how you yeah. did it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. I think Jason's bringing up a good point there. It's important to note where horror was at this yes. time. Mm-hmm. Because, like Jason said, we were coming off of the late 90s when this was being filmed. Yep. And I like, know what we you were... did last summer, Scream, all that. Yep, but even stuff like uh like idle hands. Mm-hmm. Uh like we were just we were in a I know a lot of people kind of trash the the late nineties, early two thousands horror, but I, I do that was great. enjoy that era. Like even a movie that's as ridiculous as Urban Legend is like a lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so like this was something new. Like we didn't have the because shortly after this came the era of the ghost movies. Mm-hmm. Where we mm, were getting like true. all of the American remakes of The Grudge and The Ring, and then all the Haunted yep. House stuff. Yep. Um, but like we didn't yeah. have we didn't have the first Wrong Turn yet, which was you know pretty influential. Oh, so good because uh, that was like a year later. And I I <laughs> I agree, Mister J. I love the first Wrong Turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually Ms. J. I actually enjoy that entire franchise, honestly. Um, yeah, in during a hurricane in 2019 when i <laughs> when i couldn't go anywhere i just watched all six wrong term movies that were out at it. the time <laughs> in like three days <laughs> i bet you ate pizza rolls too you s- <laughs> mozzarella sticks <laughs> oh, like, no nope, so those freaking are blessed <laughs> favor. you nope, can't not- hide favor you can't hide favor <laughs> <laughs> nope not movies that you eat food with though to be honest that's true <laughs> but- but uh no i just we were we were in kind of a kind of a gray zone with horror i feel like where we like people didn't really know what they wanted to do (laughs) and so like everything was just being thrown at the wall the slashers were super meta um and like the ghost movies weren't there yet that was this was also the era of like the real like the psychological thrillers as well i think (laughs) because not long after that we get like a secret window oh yeah you know, which which uh, I just watched that for the first time a few like two years ago, and like it isn't it? Yeah, no, it's actually pretty decent. But mm-hmm. that twist that's put at the end of uh, Secret Window was used in so many movies. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, no, this was definitely something new. And like, how do how do all of us feel about uh, Eli Roth? Mm, I like. Him. I I love Eli Roth to be mm-hmm. honest. Um. Now, Eli Roth tends to be the, I guess, 
what you could call like the torture porn. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's probably what he's most known for is is yeah. hostile. Yeah. You, you got hostile, and it, you know you've got uh, uh, the green. What was it? Uh, green green Inferno. Inferno. Yeah, um, and that was kind of the same thing. Eli Roth uh, seems to try and push the envelope on like just making things as grotesque as possible which I'm fine with. Um, I'm good with that. I love that he's always got a bit of social commentary even even if it's maybe subtle or it's over the top and obvious like it's always in there and that's pretty much what I love about his movies. He does. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right, Miss J. Um, I know. I, uh, <laughs> but she's <laughs> humble too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but no, but I respect him for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 even for this movie, which was, you know, his first. Like he, even though he's directing it, he takes the back seat and just is like. I'm just going to be the guy, like just be the stoner guy in the movie and whatever, and not, you know, take this super serious take on it. Um, but, you know, I think all of his iterations since then have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, and his work with, um, his work with Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez has been great. Yep. So I, I, I have a lot of respect for him for that. You, you actually just blew my mind. I did not realize that was Eli Roth that plays Grimm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Grimm is Eli Roth. <laughs> and yeah. that makes sense because Grimm might be it. my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's so he's funny, funny he's when great. he, when he well, comes I, on I, screen, but like Eli Roth, uh, even with his uh, producer credits, he's got some some good stuff in there. Jason, a movie that we tackled with reviewed to death. He, if you remember, he produced um, Clown. So yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and yeah. Clown, Clown's a good time, and it's a splatter film for sure. Um, side note: does, Did anyone see what his next directing project is? No, I did not. Mm-hmm. Or at least one of his next projects is he's going to direct the film adaptation of the the Borderlands video game. Oh, that's great! Uh, oh, nice. Yes. So Very that nice. ought to that ought to be interesting. Um, I could pit. that game series is fun, and I can only imagine what Eli Roth is going to turn that into. I guess he also directed the house with the clock in the walls. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. which I which I that's heard right. was pretty decent. That was good. No, it was good. I don't think I was ready for Eli Roth whenever. Um, I just, again, I didn't have a, a, I think Kevin Fever is such a good example of even just how I was able to receive him. Um, he, he is way more intelligent of a filmmaker than I think he gets credit for. Yeah. And uh, because of course he comes off with all these very over the, the top things, but people want to talk about, you know, intelligent horror being like, uh, you know, uh, movies like Nope and Get Out and Us. And I'm like, man, I'm just saying, come back to some Eli Roth stuff. And it is, there's always 
some really deep um, commentary happening, even in the midst of absurdity. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I like him. I think Mr. J, you and I had a conversation not too long ago where we were talking about the original Hostel. Where we were talking about like, because I had never seen it until about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, because honestly, I didn't watch it because it just got lumped in with that torture porn stuff where like the goal is to just what's the grossest, most decrepit thing we can do to someone. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have high expectations for it. And I watched it because uh, Ice Nine Kills wrote a song about it. (laughs) Uh, And um, so I went to go watch it. And like, I was actually kind of blindsided by how clever it was. Very clever. Where like, I love the the idea of like you know talking about those people paying to go to a hostel to do whatever they want to other people and then the mm-hmm. roles are reversed where yep. these you know sadistic people are going to pay to do whatever they want to them yep. mm-hmm. and i think that's such a clever concept that was pretty mind-blowing for the time that it came out yeah and i think uh, a lot of people missed it i don't think mm-hmm. i was the only one who missed it on that first view yeah I think because you're so taken aback by the whole movie itself. Yeah. It just takes you a minute to figure out that subtle social commentary. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's what done they, in such they, a way that you can't help but go, did did they just spend half the budget on making porn? <laughs> and, and you're like that. What did I watch? You're you're like, that's not possible. Like yeah, that's that, not that, that there has to be something else. And it's filmed in such an a different way that it's not exploitative. Mm-hmm. And I know that's kind of hard to imagine that it's not, but you're sitting there going, it doesn't, I, I don't think we can just push it aside as this, but I can't wrap my head around this. And then you think longer and you're like, Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that, that be that first half of hostile is, is very confusing on the first watch. Yes. You're like, what am I watching right now? Like nothing's happening. Nope. There's like you said, it's basically like watching porn for a while <laughs> before. Mm-hmm. Before anything happens. So uh, but hostile hostile, I want to I want to do an episode on at some point because I do think it's actually pretty underrated. Agreed. Um, Because like Saw also came out around that same time. So a lot of people throw more credit to that. And Hostel is kind of forgotten. Yeah, man. But I remember Hostel being in the evening news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like people talking about like it reminded me of um, like you guys might be a little younger for this, but. I think Jason probably remembers this, but like when seven was in theaters, Mm -hmm. like seven was like, that was on the news. It was like, what kind of person goes to a movie like this? What (laughs) kind of person makes a movie like this? Seven is amazing. Yup. But it was like a a great movie. It crossed into the mainstream with, I mean, people were lining up to just disdain it. Like, it was so interesting to go, are they talking about this on the, like, Good Morning America? Like, about <laughs> yeah. how awful yeah, it is and how you yeah, should watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and the worst part is that they were talking about, oh, you shouldn't watch this. And the whole point is, like, yes, you should watch this because yeah. it's in a. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. Yeah. Um, it it had so much to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it you know seven does 
so does Hostel and, and, and Eli yeah. Roth. Eli Roth, uh, he, I, I think that he likes to just go over the top, which I love. Mm-hmm. But he always has something to say. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so he, well, has, he has such an appreciation for the genre. I mean, he the, does the like history of horror stuff that he's pushed. And I don't know. Have, have you have you guys seen any of that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh, it's so yeah, probably good. just like little bits and pieces on YouTube. I think it's so good, and he's a great person for it. You know, like mm-hmm. again, the fact that he appreciates the genre um, in a deep way, and I don't know. I just I, I think he he doesn't quite get the credit he deserves. I agree. Well, he's, and- uh, he's. I think we've touched on this before that um, me me and you, Mister J, again, we've kind of touched on that, like when you're doing some sort of project, it's important to just be a fan first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what Eli Roth does best is that he's just a fan of the genre. Yeah. And yeah. that appreciation comes through in his movies. Like, like today watching cabin fever, I never put this together, but when, uh, when uh, I'm going to blank on this, some of the names, but the brunette girl in cabin fever, when she goes to check out that one house, that mm-hmm. camera shot and that slow pan up to the house on the hill mm-hmm. is like straight Texas Chainsaw Texas Massacre. Chainsaw. And I never picked Absolutely. up on that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's such a that's such a love letter to yes. like a modern twist on Texas These Chainsaw little Massacre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that camera shot when she's walking up looks exactly the same as yeah. the yeah. Um and there's definitely, Jason, we mentioned this as well on the Tucker and Dale versus Evil episode, but there's definitely some Evil Dead-isms in here. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There are. Um, there are. But yeah, let's let's walk through uh, walk through the plot a little bit. So we get past the hermit realizing that his uh, his dog's been infected, and we're gonna we're gonna meet our characters here with uh, Mister Ryder Strong and his friends. Um, and we go. You know, we see them getting introduced uh, in the in the truck. Uh, and I do love that um, uh, Marcy <laughs> is asking uh, Bert if he has any any more smokes. And he says no. And then just like flashes it to Ryder Strong that he's got more. <laughs> well, I I just I just like the whole the whole intro uh, to the movie and the whole opening scene with them in the truck. Yeah, and like it's just—it's just typical. Um, it, it's the typical intro to a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yep, yeah, it's just a bunch of friends. We're going out to camp, or we're going to do this, and you know, it's just that typical thing. But then it twists so fast. Well, and right yeah. away, like the the dialogue in here at the grocery store is just like this would be so surreal to and I would love for you guys to, you know, to talk about your initial reactions. This would be so surreal to be walking into a straight splatter horror movie and hear this dialogue coming out of the screen on at a theater because when they get into the store and then like they're just <laughs> looking for stuff and they're like, what's this fox urine for? He's like, oh, it's like, <laughs> he's like, 
He's like, it's for foxes. He's like, don't break that now. It's strong stuff. You'll have all the foxes in the valley coming here. You'll have friends you'll never you'll you'll have friends you've never had before. Man, how great was the casting of the gas station attendant? Yes. Who is that? I don't even remember his name, but I just, he was perfect. Like his accent and oh yeah. You know great. who he reminds me of? Yes. It reminds me. Say it. Do you know who? Yes. <laughs> From Scary Movie 2. Because <laughs> <laughs> the way that he talks and he's got the little <laughs> high pitch, he has the high pitch or the high pitched voice and everything. He's like, <laughs> it just, every time I hear it, I hear, I, I cook it up with all the penises with the Chinese. <laughs> What a nice young but, man you are. Let me give you a little pinch there. Grab hey, um, strong I don't think I remember that. No, his name, well, he's an actor named Robert Harris, but yeah. he reminded me of, is it Leslie Jordan? It's Leslie Jordan. He's, yeah. That's exactly he who I was thinking. reminding me of him, who has since passed away. Oh, mm. Bless you, oh, brother. True. But I, I like that, I mean, you guys may challenge me on this, but I like that the dialogue felt like what real kids that just are they're they're away for the weekend probably should be supervised <laughs> as far <laughs> as not their age but their maturity level um they like what would they be talking about yeah they'd be yeah. grabbing everything and being like like they would grab fox urine you know <laughs> they would say that and i mean half half the dialogue in the movie is so cringy yeah. And makes me so uncomfortable, but I think that's important. I think that's good. I don't think we need to filter all that stuff out. Yeah. Um, like it should no. make you a little uncomfortable. It should make you go, yeah, these are these are kids who don't know better. They like they they shouldn't be talking like this. Yes, you're right. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not an endorsement of it. It's like, you know, it's part of establishing kind of them. I was yeah. going to say, um, as yeah. I have to hear all the cringing and stuff. And so it's quite accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, there, there's some, there's definitely some, some questionable dialogue in here. This yep. was the 2000s. Yeah. So revisiting it, it is, you know, kind of unfortunate, but it's also, like you said, not an endorsement of what's being said. It's like oh. these, like these people are in the wrong, yes. like every, every single one of them that's, that's saying these things they're they're in the wrong um it felt wrong then like i remember watching it going oh so it wasn't yeah. like at oh the yeah time, this was okay like no uh, no i re- we all when we heard some of these words were like whoa yeah oh yeah but i feel like it's very intentional yep. um yeah oh yeah you you need to have that um, to give them at least a tiny bit of a villain role. Yep, or, I agree. Or just, just to be like, okay, they got killed, and I'm not really sorry about it. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it also it also serves as a device that, like, basically, like, would you be comfortable being in a life or death situation with these people? Yeah. And, right. uh, and even story... just based on how they're talking you're like i don't want to be with these people yeah and i was gonna say long story short no i would not i would not want to be with these people no. 
<laughs> and that's um, the point, they're right? Pretty, they're pretty uh, vilified, but yep. you know there there is some fun, you know, banter between the yep. the two of them. I totally forgot about all the weird like vision scenes that they have, and when uh, when Paul Ryder Strong is telling like the story of the bowling alley massacre around the yep. fire. Oh, uh, that, which I think is probably one of the most disturbing parts of the the movie. Oh, it's so disturbing. Like and then he talks yeah. about the 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 smiling worker that's like always yeah. smiling and would give them their shoes and then he's like they found all the body parts and the the madman, the disgruntled employee was playing bowling with their with their their limbs and then they found the the smiling head in the in the ball return and he was still smiling like what yes yeah. <laughs> this, this is so weird and disturbing do you guys it, ever have trouble remembering that that's from this movie yeah that... i i was thinking it was from something else you know you uh-huh. know what this i i see now i'm gonna blank on what what movie i think it was from but again i mean it's got some tucker like i know tucker and dale came later but tucker and dale did some similar stuff too yep um Um, no but it 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 always it was it was one of those uh scenes that it actually was scary but at the same time as scary as it was it made me laugh well, I was gonna say they yeah, they, they spin I, I, it for humor. Yeah, and and that may sound um, kind of demented or whatever. Well, no, 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 because like when Paul's telling that story and the girls are getting scared, it's Jeff who comes in and says, "No, no, no, this is great. Keep it going, man. Tell him about the smiling head." <laughs> yeah, you know, like, this and is... it comes up through the um, the the ball return. Yeah. And so like there is some amusing stuff um, at the beginning. I I did get a laugh when uh, when Jeff and Marcy want to explore the cabin and what else are they going to do? Because they're teens Mm -hmm. uh, in a horror movie. They're going to hook up in the bedroom and Ryder Strong's like, hey, we found this cool uh, this cool spot. And then he just stares at them awkwardly while they're laying in the bed and he goes, oh, um, safe sex. (laughs) (laughs) and then they just uh jeff goes hey paul have fun (laughs) like it's (laughs) it's so uncomfortable enjoy yourself buddy (laughs) yeah and then uh but then again apparently we meet eli roth shortly after as uh justin slash grim um who is my favorite character in the movie he is hysterical (laughs) um yeah yeah, Grim is good, um, but I love the party man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Winston. Winston, the cop. Yep. Well, yep. Party the line, man. The line that made me love uh, Justin uh, slash Grim Eli Roth is there's a joke in here that I never caught before, uh, which is when he's like, "You got room for one more?" and they say, "No, like you can't hang out with us." And he's like, "Well, I guess I'll go smoke all this weed by myself." And they're like, "No, no, no, man, you can stay. You can stay." <laughs> and then the line that actually made me laugh out loud and made me love this character was when it's about to storm and he's like, "Oh, I got to go, you know, cover all my stuff up. It's like $4,000 worth of stuff if it gets ruined." Uh, and they're like, "Well, how far is your tent?" And he goes, "Oh, it's like 20 minutes away, but if I book it, I can probably get there in 30." 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that was that was a joke that actually I thought was very clever and made me laugh. So, um, so in into the depth of the movie. Well, I was going to say, we, um, we skipped over uh, Bert uh, accidentally shot um, Henry the Hermit in the woods. Yeah, we're kind of skipping around. So, Oh, we are. Um, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, we always do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, so um, they were <laughs> the kind of butthead or the asshole of the group um, shoots a guy in the middle of the woods. Because he wanted um, to go, because he wanted to go shoot squirrels. Yeah, who is sick? Um, and all of a sudden, we all start getting sick. Well, we got um, we got the it, we got the confrontation with Henry, which I think we can all agree is probably one of the best scenes in the movie, where Henry's trying to steal their car and then is like vomiting blood up everywhere. Yeah. 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 That scene is gross. And it's so uncomfortable because it's not just the grossness. It's like you see this kind of dilemma on Ryder Strong of like, what do I do? Like, I don't want to. I, But this guy won't stop walking at us. And he's, uh, you know, again, it's just like these kids are in a situation where they they have no like they don't have the resources to, to even navigate this in a beneficial way. Like they are like, golly, they should barely be trusted with a driver's license. Well, I was going to say, I can tell you, I can tell you what I'm not going to do is just stand there and say, back up, man, don't come any closer. Right. It's just rough. It's just like, I'm going to at least turn around and run. I'm not going to just stand there and yell at him to stay away from me. Well, and I don't know if you noticed this, but when Grimm was, like when he did the whole deal with the, I guess I have to smoke all this by myself. Mm-hmm. Like R- Ryder Strong, like didn't really respond other than like, like I mean there was a lot of people going, no, 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 come, come on, man. But he was one that was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like he seems yeah. like a bit of the, you know, like I mean he's. I, we we don't have a whole lot of angels in this in this cast as far as like <laughs> characters go. No, but, not at all. But you don't see him being like, sure. You know, he's still very hesitant no. to he, receive he was, people. He was, he was the skeptic. Like yeah. he was. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a good word for like, me. Let's 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 not do all this. Um, and this guy's. Um, and it, in fact. Uh, Dutton Grimm's dog pretty much come to attack him before Grimm shows up. Um, I don't oh, I think can't remember. they I can't they meet two dogs. Um, I, well, no, Grim Grimm's dog is is the one that goes well, no, after him. Well, no, 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 I know, no, that's for sure. Uh, but Ryder Strong met two dogs down by the creek after he got bit on the hand by Dennis. Um. And oh yeah, okay. They, yeah, that's the right. dog does come running out and growls at them, and then Grim shows up behind them, and they're like, "Was well, your dog friendly?" And uh, what's it, Doctor Doctor Mumbo? Doctor Mumbo. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Mumbo. Is he a PhD? Yeah. Is like, is he, is he, he's like a professor or like a medical doctor. Doctor Mumbo, oh, dude. <laughs> Mr. J, that was the other moment that was such a cringy joke, but it was it not. Was. It was hysterical. Where yes. she's like, "Is he's like a doctor or a professor?" And he goes, 
Yeah, yes. he's a professor of being a dog faced. <laughs> yeah, it was so rough. I was like, that's so dumb, but they're but silent. intentional. Like their it's supposed silence, to be dumb. <laughs> their silence well, made it so funny. Yes, just stunned silence. <laughs> it's it's so funny after um after this movie, the fact that uh like Quentin Tarantino is hey dude, I love you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I it, mm-hmm. it's like it like Tarantino and and not to say that uh like Eli Roth uh is is not a smart filmmaker because I I think he is. Mm-hmm. Um but the fact that after watching Cabin Fever, Tarantino is like I, I like this guy. I yeah. want him to do a whole bunch of stuff with me and I'm like Yeah, it's okay. not exactly so like weird. Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I'm like the fact that he of, saw what he saw in this is just great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he, uh, Tarantino kind of saw Eli Roth, uh, doing his rough stuff. Yeah. Um, which, which is this movie. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time going, you know, I kind of see the potential here. Um, and then you see Eli Roth in like every Tarantino film. <laughs> um, yeah. and, you know, just wanting to hang out and, I love him uh, in Inglorious Bastards. He's amazing. So good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, but um, no, but no. <laughs> well, Jason, you uh, you you mentioned uh, you know uh, Tarantino saw the rough stuff in the movie and saw the potential. Let's get into that because after the attack by Henry, where they light him on fire, uh, and he runs off into the woods. Now we got some infected people, and the first to fall is, I believe, Karen, who uh, is the the blonde girl that uh, Ryder Strong is after. Um, who I actually got to meet at a con last year. Uh, Jordan Ladd. She is very lovely. Has she healed and, up? Uh, what's up? Has she healed up? <laughs> she was actually looking. She, she, was, she was looking pretty good. She she uh, she hung in there. <laughs> no, but she got uh, some good skin cream. She's doing great. Yeah, man. Like your jaws good rotting question. away, you just put some facial cream on, and you're good to go. Facial. Yeah. But uh, no, she held up because she. Uh, I posted my photo with her, and I had a couple dudes on my Facebook being like, "Yo, give her my number." <laughs> oh God. <laughs> but, yeah. I would say sure I think, yeah. <laughs> I think one of the I I think one of the harshest uh parts of the movie and one of the most um just kind of the the one that like sank in with me the hardest is when she got sick. Yeah that when they walk her out to the shed yeah and they've got her with the with the mattress and everything Mm -hmm. and then they know that the dog is out there so the dog is like kind of like you know hanging around and stuff um but in the 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 music and the score as they're taking her out there and putting her in there, like putting her in that shed, and then her just going like, "Dude, like, what the f- 
fuck is wrong with you guys? And they're like, uh, we don't want to get sick, dude. Like, yeah. uh, and, and I, I mean, to be honest, like, the, the one of the things that I like about this movie is it, it's terrifying. And at the same time, it's like, what, like, you, you look at the situation and you go, yeah, that's, that's kind of pretty effed up that they did that to her. But if you are in the same situation, like, what are you going to do? Like, we can, we can, it's important. Sorry, go ahead, brother. Oh, no, I was just going to say, we can, we can probably relate to that. Uh, now, you know, you know, having gone through a total shutdown of the world. Sure. Well, I, think that's what, I feel like that's what makes this movie a little less scary for me this second go around because it's like, I feel like we've kind of, we haven't lived a flesh eating disease, but we've lived in a sense, this idea of like, we can't be near people, we might get sick. And that's sort of a lot of what's in the movie. And um, I don't know, it was like, I watched it kind of like, hmm, okay, not as scary anymore. Hmm. Probably because we've lived right. it. <laughs> uh, I think I, I land with Kev. Like I felt, I found it. Well, first I, I kept going back to the first time I, I watched it. Cause I haven't like watched this movie over and over again, five times a year, every year since it came out. <laughs> I remember that, that moment where, like you have to keep reminding yourself they don't know how this is transferred. Yep. So sure. they're not being yeah. as 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 your your co-host just said, they're not being unkind intentionally with no like they're just like we don't know we like we don't like this, but it's like the best of the worst options that we're seeing and we don't like it but we don't even know we may have it like we don't even know if we have it yet like we don't know how you got it we don't know any of this and it is it is easy to sympathize with them that again they're way in over their heads they're not getting help they they're on an island they're not with people that make great decisions on a good day so then you add you know alcohol and paranoia and unhelpful urgency and a firearm and a dog that is wanting to kill. Like, it's just like, golly, like it'd be hard enough if you had good friends next to you, but when you don't like, well, well, like I think, I think the most heartbreaking moment is that when they lock Karen in the shed and they tell her they're going to watch over and she says, I'm going to die out here. And they just like all just awkwardly stare at her. And then she says, I want to go home. And they just close the door on her. Like, oh, it's rough. It's so brutal and so heartless. There, there is something about people in, in, in movies or people in life that just say like, dude, I just want to go home. Yeah. And, um, I've experienced I've experienced it like with people you know that are in in rough parts of their life that mm-hmm. are just like Man, I just want to go home and in 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 movie form you know look back to Forrest Gump like you know Bubba's just like dying and he's just like mm-hmm. man I just want to go home I just mm. want to see my mama I just want to go home and that's the same thing that like Karen's doing in, you know, I've, I've seen it in uh, several different films 
where where there's just like I just want to go home, and that's like the most gut wrenching thing. Mm-hmm. Like this person is just so desperate and so uh, you know despondent. There's like man, the only thing they can say is I just want to go home, mm-hmm. and that that. that freaking suck man <laughs> like, yeah, she has a she has a, a <laughs> she has a horrible death scene that she's just gonna just gonna they're just gonna lock her in the shed and she's just gonna wither away yeah and they like, don't even know how to respond to her again like you could go how uncaring and it's like they don't even know how to navigate that moment <laughs> with her like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's so rough yeah well to, think, to uh go ahead mrs jack I was just going to add to the home thing. I think it just really helps elevate how unsafe they feel and mm-hmm. uncomfortable and adds to that fear. Like, cause yeah, if you want to go home, like that's kind of like home is where safety is. And usually anyway, for yeah, and she, that's a great point. Cause she didn't say, I want to go to the hospital. No. Yeah. So it just, oh. yeah. There's a way to illustrate that, how unsafe she feels or how, you know, desperate she feels. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty terrible. Um, to lighten the mood for a second before we move on to uh, the other characters, can we can we touch on the legendary Winston for a moment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, the the cop that's running around that is like the least helpful cop in movie history. Is he a cop? Yeah. Really? <laughs> he does make you think like he's not really a cop. cop. Now, of course, like. As the movie goes, you see, like, he gets a call on the radio and all that. But, yeah, the whole time you're like, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when when he comes on screen and he's talking with Paul Ryder Strong, the music that's playing behind it is so bizarre and just weird. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, what am I watching right now? Yeah, and everything he... is supposed to communicate that this is wrong. Like, something is just deeply wrong. Yep. Yeah, but it's not even, like creepy it's like just weird like yeah <laughs> and he has a line that like they call it out because karen has just started to like lose energy and maybe start to get sick and mm-hmm. uh she's like laying in bed and then she comes outside and paul says later like after he saw karen he didn't want to leave he's got a a line where like because all he talks about is you just got you guys just got a party go Go back inside, have yourself a 40, just party. Yeah. <laughs> and like we're gonna party. We're gonna we're gonna have a lot of we're gonna have a lot of parties. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're just gonna party. Well, he has a line that I will probably use as a joke from now on, and it's probably gonna be so obscure, no one will get it. But when Paul's talking about like, oh, I'm here with uh, some friends, and then he finds out that Karen's there, he goes. Oh, you got a lady friend. Yeah, I bet you like to party with ladies. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like he has so many great lines <laughs> that I, I remember laughing so hard and I was not expecting to. Yeah. The first time I watched it, he's like, It's okay, man. Go back inside, have another 40. Like <laughs> yeah. <You're> favorite... <laughs> yeah, like everybody is dying. It's around him. <laughs> like, hey, bro, just go in, have another 40. Just chill out, have another 40. <laughs> My just favorite part party, about that man. is that he says to Karen when she comes out on the porch, he says, 
go back inside, have yourself another another 40 and just party. And she goes, uh, okay. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> like, what are you supposed to say to that? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's such a surreal moment to hear from a cop. Yeah. You're like, did this guy say that? I mean, towards did the he end, ride he, up on a did, did he mean, ride up on a bicycle? Yeah, he does ride up on like, a bicycle. What's going towards, on? Towards the end, he has a towards the end he has another line that made me laugh when uh, he when Ryder Strong finds him with all the all the teens and he's yeah. drinking drinking alcohol with them. Yeah, and he his his superior radios him in and he goes, "Yeah, man, I'm here, still looking for that underage drinking party." Oh god! <laughs> Ryder Strong's like. Where's that ambulance, like, Winston? Yeah. <laughs> in blood. Like, yeah, it's just obviously been through, like, a ton of shit. Yeah, he's, yes. he's like, where's the where's the tow truck, Winston? He goes, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I that I sent that tow truck over. It broke down. I had to send another freaking tow truck to get that one. Like, it's just so weird. But he's such a joy every time he's on screen. Winston's but, the only cop that makes like freaking Barney Fife seem like a Navy <laughs> SEAL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but, Winston is a is a joy. He's got so many good lines. There, there are a ton of great points from him. Um, but I, I mean, like some of the if we talk about actually some of the like terrifying parts about this movie oh yeah i was gonna say um, i wanted to, i wanted to light the mood lighten the mood for a moment let's let's get into the nitty-gritty man like there's some stuff in yeah. here that there's some stuff in here that still makes my skin crawl yeah old girl i mean one of the one of the things that i hate the worst is um uh the girl shaving i knew that's where you were gonna go oh, oh. God, and that was like, in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, it, it uh, is terrible. That's like, such it, a. It's it, the it's the sound effects, man. It's yep. the. Oh, it's so gross. And the face she makes. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. It's the worst thing that I could ever think of. I mean, obviously, it was like I don't shave my legs, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thinking of having your skin like kind of coming apart and like shaving and just just scraping the skin off of yourself like oh like it's it's so bad it's so disgusting dude and like she gets a horrible death scene because grim's dog eats her (laughs) like yeah yeah like she's bleeding, and then this dog charges her and literally rips her to pieces and eats her. I'm starting do... to think that dog that dog's not really a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I like that her foot falls off before he eats her. Though. That was kind yeah, of right. <laughs> yeah, she's. Uh, can we? So, like, before the gore actually started, there's a there's some shots in here that like actually made me almost vomit because they show you later that Henry's body, the hermit that was infected fell into the water. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Paul is giving Karen like a glass of water that literally has dead skin in it. Uh-oh. And when that yeah. popped up on screen, I was like, Hua! like I was so <laughs> grossed out. And I'm like, 
listen, I am a, I am OCD when I grab a glass of water. If I see a hair in there or something, like I'm getting another glass of water. And like, how do you not see these pieces of skin in your in your water? Yeah. So you yeah. identify yeah. with the kid from Signs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the the blonde haired guy. Uh, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy that wants to get away, and so he grabs the beer and then takes yeah. off running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Priority. And, and he's, he's constantly putting the like rag over his face, and yep, he doesn't want anyone to come near him and everything. It's like it's it's so funny that this movie was made so long ago, um, but his character is like Relevant. a person that would, you know have all of these uh have all of these issues with the pandemic yeah and he's the like, way he responded covering, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah like covering his face and uh nobody can make their own you know make their own food and um you know just uh he's gonna drink beer only <laughs> because he won't drink the water and everything it's 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 funny that this movie was made, you know, so many years ago, but now that character seems so familiar or seems mm-hmm. like a person that you would see today. Yeah. Yeah. No, Paul, Paul is something else. And that, again, that made me laugh out loud that he's like, I'm leaving and then grabs all the beer and then <laughs> run and then runs away. <laughs> he's got his priorities straight like like mr j said <laughs> did you guys enjoy what happened to him at the end or were you still kind of sad um, um jinx was i was i sad um <laughs> see it's difficult to answer because you said did you enjoy what happened to him no <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know that that ending to me is uh is weird. Jason, what what what's your thoughts on what happens to Paul where he where he is like coming back and all his friends are dead and he's like I made it and then he just gets blown away by the cops. I I personally love the ending. Um again I I think it's just funny mm-hmm. because he comes out and and he is the one that, yeah, he made it, or he was he was the one, even though he acts like a complete asshole, yep. he was yeah. the one that was pretty much the smartest out of the crew, mm-hmm. and just going like, hey, like, no, nah, you, you guys aren't going to interact, like, we're not going to make our own food, we're not going to do all this, I'm just... I'm gonna go basically seclude myself, mm-hmm. which is yeah. honestly in that situation, that's the best thing that you could do. Mm-hmm. Even as much of a dick that he was, <laughs> 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 that, that's the smartest thing to do. Um, yeah, and then but at the same time, because he was such a dick. Um, when he comes back and he's like, I, you know, I made it, I made it. And uh, yeah. And then they 
shoot the shit out of him. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is, like, which I'm like, just realizing is like a callback to the original Night of the Living Dead, right? Mm -hmm. I always felt that too. I yep, just, absolutely. that just, that just clicked in my head. Uh, but it's almost like the, the reversal where it's not the character we're rooting for that yeah. dies at yeah. the end. It's like the one that we probably liked the least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're, you think he's going to get away and then he gets shot. Like it's kind of a, although it is a bit of a tie with Bert. Right. Yeah. That other dude. I didn't like either. Although I thought he died well, like, <laughs> like when he just, when he's right. just sitting there in the chair. <laughs> Write that on his tombstone, yeah. sir. He, he died. died well. He died well. <laughs> he did not live well, but he died Mr. well. Mr. J, you, Mr. J, you have so many good quotes. Like, can we can we trademark your your quote earlier? <laughs> it scares me how much I love you. Can we put that on a Midnight Terror shirt? <laughs> <laughs> yes. it, it all depends on how much money I get out of it. <laughs> uh, a, a half a penny every time someone says it. Yeah, that's, that's that's more than I get from Spotify. <laughs> That'll add up eventually. Uh, anyway, um, Wait, but can we? No, so let's that, let's that character. Um, that character was uh, the least. It's it's that character that you kind of love to hate. Are you talking about Paul or Bert? Uh, Paul. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's that character that you like love to hate. But at the same time, in the situation, he's actually smart. Like he's yeah. he's not. Well, let's he, uh, Jason. We've we've put it off long enough. Let's talk about Bert, shall we? Let's talk about some pancakes. <laughs> we we got we got we got we got Bert or we got Bert who uh, he's trying to get away. He's the one that was shooting the squirrels and the one that shot the the hermit and kind of caused everything <laughs> but yeah, uh he's, he's the one that kind of well we we can't say that he necessarily caused it no, all. no i'm not saying caused the virus i'm but gonna like, say he's caused covid but <laughs> i don't like Bert. <laughs> no i'm not <laughs> no I'm not, he, I'm not saying he, that he caused the virus he, i'm saying that he he, he drew off. the hermit to the house yeah exactly exactly yeah he kicked uh, it off um and they probably would have been fine if he weren't there. <laughs> yeah. So let's, but let's talk about pancakes and Dennis. Okay. So okay. we met Dennis at the store earlier on, right? We got, yeah. we got this kid with the long stringy blonde hair sitting on a bench outside of the store. And he just sits there silently. Ryder strong is like, put her there young fella. And then he, <laughs> and then he, and then uh, Dennis bites him on the hand and you get the, the incredible line, everybody knows you don't sit next to Dennis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't sit next everybody to Dennis. Everybody knows. And then, yep. and then this weird kung fu. Well, no, 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 no. That's that's <laughs> the second time we meet Dennis. When Don't when, jump ahead. Don't jump ahead. Yeah, okay. Let's savor sorry, the, sorry, savor sorry, the sorry. moment. Slowly, <laughs> goose fraba. No. Uh, <laughs> uh so we got Bert who is trying to hide his infection because, and I don't know, man, something about the fact that his skin is coming off of the back of his neck and like he's driving along and you're just, he'll check himself. And then you just hear that squishy sound. Uh, it's, ugh, it's so gross. Um, it is. But yeah. he drives back to the store. He asks Dennis's dad for help and we get him saying, let me go call the doctor. And then Dennis brings us, pancakes pancakes 
And then he goes, no pancakes. He goes to lunge at Bert. And what is this scene with Dennis jumping off the porch and doing karate while making his way to Bert to bite him? I I don't even understand. I don't know how to explain it. Um, Cinematic magic. That's what I was going to say. Masterful film. I, I don't know how to explain it or <laughs> or what it is, um, but it is fantastic. <laughs> this is just a scene that is inexplicable that it's in here. Like, it is so weird. And the fact that they're playing, like, kung fu music underneath these moves that he's doing. Yeah. Is just so weird like it just needs to be seen to be believed and i gotta ask jason mr jason mr j mrs j when you saw this for the first time in theaters or at home i know what my reaction was which was what i just explained what was your initial reaction when you saw this scene in a theater i'm gonna let you guys go first Gosh, I actually don't remember, but I will tell you when we rewatched it last night, I was definitely like, what just happened? Like, yeah, I had a moment of like, okay, I like this movie. Now I'm kind of hating it because I don't know what this kid's doing or why he's even <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, what is the freaking point of this? Can we just get on with the movie? <laughs> is this even the same movie? Yeah. So I don't, that was kind of my reaction, I guess. Yeah. Mr. J. So- I felt like it was a commentary on existentialism more so as it. No, I thought I I honestly, of course, I was shocked. But I also felt like this was Eli Roth's clear signal to us that he knows what he's doing and it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like there were I don't know. I again, I just had not seen anything like this before. And there were times I'm like, is that on purpose? Like, is that like, did he mean to? Is that supposed to be funny? I, I don't know. In that moment, there's no way to take that as some sort of like it's it it kind of signaled to me. And yeah, I'm I'm probably reading way too much into it, but I'm just telling you how it how it felt. To me, it felt like retroactively it communicated everything we've seen has been highly intentional. Yeah, it's it, it like this is not an accident and it helped set up that more so absurdist part of the movie that for some weird reason it shouldn't fit, but it feels like it fits. And maybe it's just because we've seen it enough, but, you know, that and the harmonica getting stuck down the throat sideways <laughs> And like there were so many of these little moments after that, that you're just like, he's just leaning into this absurdist stuff. So intentionally like, like, like this is just, I just had not seen anything like this before. Cause you know, horror has always had comic relief, right? This was not comic relief. (laughs) Like, like this now. Sure, it served as comic relief, but <laughs> it, but it, it wasn't. It, but, that's, it is. but that's but that's the thing, and I, I I agree with Jason. I don't know if this is supposed to be funny, 
The only thing I can liken this to... How's it supposed to be serious? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, it's not serious like, and it's not funny either. I have no idea what this is. The, the scene that I can liken this to is from a movie that I personally love. I know it's stupid, but man, it's entertaining. Is M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Love it. <laughs> with Mark Wahlberg talking to a plastic plant. And saying... Yeah. We're just here to use the bathroom and we're just going to leave. I hope that's okay. It's all right. Like what? Cool. <laughs> that's it's the same thing. Like what? And he goes, I'm talking to a plastic plant. <laughs> it's just like, it's not funny. It's not serious. What is it? Right. You know, like, that's how I feel it's, about it's, this. <laughs> it's, just yep. like, it's just like halfway thing where you're like, but I, I also, on the other hand, while I feel like it's like this halfway thing where it's like not supposed to be funny, but not supposed to be serious, so it's like this in between. At the same time, I feel like it's Eli Roth kind of going, like, yeah, you're supposed to laugh at this. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah there's it, no way it's an accident. Right. Like they <laughs> no, probably I did like flying wire work. Like in order <laughs> to get that one kick. I'm sitting there like again, like they had to set this up. It wasn't just Very like hey kids, spaz out for a second. Like <laughs> that, that that's not what happened. Like, I he would, yells pancakes I would... a bunch and then he does <laughs> all this stuff. And then it's like this flying wire deal for this brief moment. And then Bert is so beside himself in shock that he lets him bite him on the hand. Like he doesn't even fight him. He doesn't even like pull back. I want this to be the case where Eli Roth just went to this kid that plays Dennis and just said, all right, kid, just improv. (laughs) and i want because that kid would never have come up with that no i know i just wish that that was the outcome was that he said all right kid improv and that's just what the kid decided to do is scream pancakes and do kung fu (laughs) and eli roth was just like let's just keep it in it's makes so that's wonderful like i I want to think that's true i I want to think like i don't think on my best day i could be that random that's a great thought and I would love to think that that was the situation. <laughs> I wish I I just want to make myself happy and believe that that's what happened. It's that he told Dennis to improv, and that's just what came out. <laughs> I, think, I think it was just... in a sunset. It's like I am Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fully immersed in the part. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was though like his kind of like final cue on the movie to be like hey this is not serious like it is but it's not serious like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like he, he had two kind of visions with it yeah I want you to be scared by it which genuinely I was scared by the movie um, yeah. The first time I saw it, uh, because it came out when I was just graduating high school, um, and 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 I was genuinely scared by the movie um, because yeah. it's the first time that I had seen 
anything like this where it was not a serial killer or, you know, anything like that. It was just something different. Um, and, you know, at the beginning, it, it, it was really serious. And then the, the further you go into it, it gets kind of less and less serious, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, but, I, but I, I think that little scene there was just kind of like, hey, man, this is not supposed to be that serious. Well, you know, um, you know what movie kept jumping into my head, Jason, while rewatching this, just because of like the weird artsy stuff and like d- just the random cutaway scenes and the way things unfold. I was getting a lot of and I know this movie came out the next year, but I kind of got the same vibe from House of a Thousand Corpses, where it's just like weird stuff that just gets thrown in. Well, House House was many years before that, but. Uh, no, 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 no. House of a Thousand Corpses. Wait, 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 wait. It was many years before that, but did not get released. Okay, that's that's where you were going. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. that yes. that is true. It was shot in, yeah. what, 2000? Uh, somewhere around there. Yep, and then was released for a while. Yeah, it sat on the shelf for, and, and Mr. Jake and attest to this uh nope. that it it sat on the shelf for three four years something like that yeah, it they was, had to fight it for was, it to come out right i remember yeah, that it was it was something crazy it, but, I, found, I found an interesting tidbit about that movie and i think i mentioned this on the episode uh jason that we did where i had heard through another podcast that all those weird cutaway scenes to bill mosley and sherry moon uh like just in a cellar somewhere just saying weird stuff while the uh, while the movie was gathering dust and the studio just wouldn't put it out, Rob, Bill, and Sherry were just like filming these random scenes in like their house. And then when the studio was like just not going to put it out, Rob's like, "Well, let's just put all this stuff we filmed in here in the movie, and then we'll just release it." And that's kind of how we got that weird like flashy tone to it. And I thought that was pretty cool. I love that. Well, would you guys like me? to tell you exactly what happened as to why I would I would love to hear that I'm gonna tell you so of course I was sitting here thinking Eli Roth has had had to have answered this before and he has mm. here's the answer brace yourself Embrace. okay <laughs> said if it seems like something that Roth just came up with on the spot and threw in a cabin fever for no logical reason, that's because it totally was. Mm-hmm. Roth saw actor for or the actor for Dennis practicing his Taekwondo moves between takes and decided <laughs> to give him a showcase scene in the film. Okay. Why that had to include him yelling the word pancakes is anyone's guess. Still, the scene sure. remains jarringly so- off even when viewed all these years later. No, so I'm know. so I'm not too far off with with my theory there then. <laughs> but again, he put it in there. Like yeah. again, it wasn't like someone stole the camera and filmed this and edited it in without him knowing. I'm like he he knows exactly. Like he wasn't trying to make this super, yeah. like, focused on just one note of horror type of movie. Yeah, dude. I just I want a documentary dedicated to this one scene, like. Just Where is Matthew Helms now? <laughs> the pancake story. 
Yeah, Matthew Matthew Helms colon pancakes the documentary. Yes, pancakes <laughs> the Matthew Helms story. <laughs> I love that. Oh, beautiful. So, I mean, that's that's Cabin Fever. The movie ends with Ryder Strong in the water and his uh he's infected and his uh his flesh has reached the water and it's going to end up in a lemonade stand so it's going to get everyone yep. yeah <laughs> and then we're apparently going to get cabin fever too <laughs> which <laughs> which we might talk about on the show one day because uh maybe unpopular opinion but i actually think cabin fever 2 is a lot of fun I I haven't I've seen a little bit of it I haven't seen much but well Jason I can tell you it's, it's a good. it's a lot better than the one the one that you did watch the other Cabin Fever movie the remake <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Lord oh can we talk about that for a second I think I think you're <laughs> the only one that I think you're the only one that's seen it out of the group so go nuts. <laughs> It took me a while to move to disappointment because I think I stayed with confusion for a while. Like, I well, did not understand. And and I think I would say this, like, I mean, anybody who wants to put a film together, like, I know that takes a lot of work. I don't mean to, you know, just trash somebody, but I, I didn't quite understand the point of doing it. I, I remember people talking about um the remake of uh psycho where it was like a shot for shot remake and even that had a point you know what i mean like they were trying to do a shot for shot remake this one i couldn't help but yeah. uh, what, what what does this say that the original didn't right or what like what was the what what like i, I, I don't i, I don't want to be insulting but it just felt like I do want to be. (laughs) I was going to say the way Jason described it to me when he's first watched it was basically they made this movie again, cabin fever, but they took out all the humor and just made it like a gore fest. Well, they, they tried to. Okay. So here's, here's what I'll compare it to. So they tried to do what Evil Dead did. Okay. So oh, like original, Evil Dead, like Evil Dead twenty thirteen. Yeah. So okay. The, so the original Evil Dead, you can watch it, and it's kind of jokey, and you know whatever. Uh-huh. And then the Evil Dead remake, I thought, which they took it more serious. Yes. And they made it more scary and I thought it was freaking fantastic. Yes. I thought they did a great deal with that. Love yes. it. So what they tried to do or I guess what they were trying to do was the same thing with Cabin Fever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, tell us how you really feel, Jason. Like, <laughs> like the, the the acting was awful, and um, they kind of they 
So Evil Dead, when they did the Evil Dead remake, it wasn't a shot for shot remake. Like no. they they did their own thing with it. And with Cabin Fever, they did try to do like a shot for shot. Um and it just it was they had bad actors and it just it it didn't it didn't add anything to the movie at all. Like it, it was just terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I was so sad about it. I was, I was kind of excited. I was like, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. And nope, nope, it was just god awful. <laughs> well, even the original had interesting cinematography to me. Mm-hmm. in certain moments i mean there was a scene from the porch kind of from the side where you kind of see the the hill in the background going upwards with all the leaves and the trees and i'm like that's just a beautiful shot yep. just a yeah, beautiful yeah. shot and so i mean again i don't I don't think cabin fever is going to make a whole lot of people's like top 10 most m- masterful horror movies mm-hmm. but to still have scenes like that that are stuck in my brain are you know i think that's a good thing you know it's 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 hard to think of it like it's bad well and the fact that cabin fever was what you know maybe 14 years old because that was 2016 not even yeah yeah that was 2016 and the original was oh (laughs) two yeah so I mean, a movie that's that young, like, and you're gonna try and remake it, like, no. Yeah. Quit. No, I'm yeah. with you. I'm not full against it. I just, I'm kind of like, man, if you're gonna do that, please have something to say. Like, please. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, yeah. do it well. <laughs> like, there's a whole lot of other horror movies that this is gonna be controversial, I, I suppose, but that um to do to either budget limitations or whatever like the story's good the idea is good the execution's a little off and it's like dude go after some of those mm-hmm. you know go after some of those but to kind of go like cabin fever is so quirky and so unique and you know to me yeah. I, I know I, I know i know how um, the amazing Mr. Diamond feels about this, but it'd be like being like, we're gonna we're gonna do a Killer Clowns remake. It's like, dude, <laughs> that it's so. Even if you don't like the movie, it's like, dude, that like practical effects. It's very iconic. If you're gonna remake it, like you gotta like you gotta do something good with it, or just maybe just don't. Maybe maybe go with another movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's. I mean, that's the thing for me. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna remake a movie, especially one that's so young, yeah, because that movie is very young. It's young and um, it's so specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, that's that's not the way to go. Um, you know, if if you're gonna do something, do it right. <laughs> you know, um. Yeah, you're gonna I, if you're gonna if I, you're gonna do it, at least go to waffles instead of pancakes <laughs> next time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Totally original concept. Waffles. 
<laughs> it was uh it was it, it was just not it it was terrible um and and even even um like one of my least favorite remakes is um the thing which was not even really a remake it was um it was like a prequel um but watching Kevin Fever was just ugh I was just like oh my god like that the acting was terrible uh, like there was nothing different the only thing that I could say that was actually kind of cool was um in Cabin Fever the remake uh the them bashing the girl's head in um in the in the um in the shed hmm. <laughs> that was the that was like the only cool part and so what uh, so was, what I'm what I'm hearing you say is that you want to talk about this movie on the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you, you want to do a 30 second episode on saying the one thing that you like yeah, the one thing that I like. <laughs> cool. Well, long. well, uh, I mean that's that's Cabin Fever from two thousand two, the OG, and uh, yeah. Long story short, I mean for the most part, we all still uh, enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, right, Mrs. J, I think it's fair to say you enjoyed your your rewatch for the most part. I still enjoyed it. I like Eli Roth a lot, so I enjoyed it. I just it just didn't have the same effect. As it did when I first looked at it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no worries at all. Um, well, that's some worries. Pers- <laughs> <Slight> worry. <laughs> Question questionable. Some worries. <laughs> uh minor, minor <laughs> worries, small worries, tiny worries, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I love I love the original Cabin Fever. Um, it's still one of my favorite movies, and I love Eli Roth to death. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And we love, (laughs) and we love Mr. and Mrs. J to death. And we are so happy to have them on to talk about this movie with us. Thank you both so much for joining us. And we can't wait to do it again soon. That is our discussion on cabin fever. Hope you all had fun listening. Um, Jason, we are rapidly approaching our con appearance at SC horror. And I am so excited Yes, we are. I'm excited too. Um, come and see us at our booth. And this is the Midnight Terrorist Podcast. Yes, it is. But yeah, get everybody, get your tickets to SC Horror in Columbia, South Carolina, September 16th through 17th. And it's going to be a party. Mr. and Mrs. J got their tickets. They're going to come hang out with us and we can't wait. And uh, so get your tickets, get you some SC Horror merch and come hang out with us and uh, spread the word about it. But that is it for the Midnight Terrors podcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you all. We'll see you all again next Sunday. Peace. See you next time.